0: Hi there, and welcome to Electric Vicuna Podcast, episode 50. 50, that's right, you can't see them, but I just dropped several hundred balloons in here. All original audio dramas from 13 years of productions, and I'm Jack Ward. If you listened to last week's show, and honestly, you really should, how did you get to this part of the feed without doing so? You know, you'll note that these past two weeks are unique, and that we have the opportunity to listen to two extremely similar productions done by two totally different producers. Richard Summers led the series of production workshops on Skype, and we had several producers learn how to use Reaper the EVP way. That is, how we try to produce our shows. The second producer on that list is certainly an enigmatic, eager, and imaginative powerhouse. Mr. Peter O'Malley took the show I produced for the Universal Unitarian Church and made it his own. After the show, I'll tell you how I came to write the stage play, but first... Let's listen to Mr. Pete O'Malley's rendition of Breathing Space for your approval. We are concealed by shadows. At all times, light is only marked by the edges of darkness that threaten to swallow us from view. In a dark cell, a world without light, a man, a very nondescript man, naked in the fetal position, awakens to a new realm of terror. No! No! It's not right! You can't do this! It's not right! It's not fair! It's not! It's not! I don't know. I don't know. Why'd you bring me here? Why? I I never did anything to you! Did I? I didn't say anything! I didn't tell anyone anything! I didn't do anything! Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Don't panic. For God's sake, don't panic. It's not like you're in trouble here. (laughs) Okay. You're okay. You're fine. Fine. Just dandy. Take a breath. Calm down. Okay, halfway there. Again. and this time without the dramatic sound effects. Good. Good. Just just practice breathing. This can't be so hard, can it? Autonomous function. Let it happen and focus. Take your mind off the fact that you don't know where you are, or how you got here, or who you are. Oh, oh okay, okay. Once again, it's time to stop talking to yourself. You're freaking out. Much better. I'm just confused. He probably got stuck in a well or in a closet somewhere. <laughs> That's good. Keep it light. Keep it unreal. Try to find out where you are. Get your bearings. It's so dark in here. I can barely see my hands in front of my face. Wait. I can't see my hands in front of my face. This is weird. I can't tell how close I am even to poking my eye. Ow! Ow! No window. Even a hole. What if there's no air holes? No wonder I'm having trouble breathing. Hello? Hello? Is is anyone out there? Does anyone hear me? I'm in. I'm stuck down. I'm over. I'm lost. I'm lost. Does anyone know where I am? What if I run out of air? What if this place collapses on me? Maybe I'm in a mine. Maybe that's it. I'm a miner. And there's been a cave-in. And I hit my head. And I'm here. And they're getting help. But no one can hear me. I shouldn't use up the air. I should speak as little as possible. Conserve my strength. I don't feel a bump on my head. I don't feel any blood either. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I'll just wait here. Somebody has to know I'm gone, right? If I just talk a little, not too much, just to save the air, just just a little. Maybe I can remember more. Figure out how I got here. What's the last memory I have? Cool autumn breeze. Golden colored leaf. Brazen sun. Full piles. Dried, crumpled, leaping joints. School days. School days. Back again. Kites in a charcoal sky. That's not right. That can't be the last one. I mean... I was seven or eight. Who remembers how old you are when you're young? I was just in grade two. Or three. No, it was two. And, And I was at a farm and it was a perfect day it was the first week of school just after the summer when everything's still new and and special and you're not run over by the homework truck I was let off the bus and my sister was taking her time she's so much older than me it's an old hat for her old hat I'm wearing this old tweed hat, the kind that young newsboys and, you know, second banana hoodlums wear, and, I'm, and I've got it pulled low down by my right ear, just off the side, slightly, and it's, and it's the 70s, and no one wears a hat like that. Everyone wants to feather my pageboy haircut, but I'm, I'm home. And I'm jumping into leaves. I'm covered over by them. So quiet. I can see a kite in the distance. With the neighbor's kids flying a black garbage bag cross kite, you know, with with a long running tail. I'm just listening. Listening to the silence of the world around me and I... I feel like I'm surrounded by the dry rustle of the pages of books. The leaves smell like... story time. feel like dreams, you know, just... ...over the horizon. So... ...close and soft and... ...and I'm cushioned... ...perfectly against them. Just me and the old tweed hat... ...and the smell of the wool in my clothes. In the coolness of the earth Against the crackle of the pile An old dog sniffing and hunting for me In a moment he'll lick my face And I dance about Panting against The backdrop of a lazy, smoky sky In the distance A fire pit is burning Old twigs and kindling and leaves Collected from the fall of it all I'll close my eyes Covered up like I'm, I'm there, always. Silent as a, silent as a. I don't want to be here. It's so confining in here. Who can stand this kind of claustrophobia? Oh, that's it. I'm claustrophobic. Great. Great. Now that I know I can't stand small places, I'm gonna freak out. And then I'm gonna run out of air. And then I'm gonna pass out. And then I'm gonna. Moonlight bikes. The sound of crickets. And the road winding. Occasional lights like will of the wisp rounding dusty bends and making their way into the distance while the shadows of the forest and the hills break up the light on the land from the burgeoning star and the crimson kiss of the sun setting against the farmer's barn. Good night. Good night. Oh, I remember she felt like this. Her hand touched mine, and it felt just... just like this. There's nothing like that feeling. Nothing. Abigail Rosenthal. Abigail Rosenthal. Say it again, it sounds like music. Abigail Rosenthal. We knew each other through the church, and she was just far enough away... ...to make the bike ride worth it. I was too young to ride there without a reason... ...and this time... ...this first time... ...I remember we were coming back from a... ...youth group function and it was... ...was only gentlemanly of me... ...to see her to the next concession line. I mean, it was dark out. She was only fourteen. I was thirteen. But it it didn't matter. You know, because I... ...I was the man... I was her escort, and besides that, she kind of let me tag along. We biked in silence for almost ten minutes, and when we hit the hill just before the concession, that's when we dismounted and talked. She was a little cold and asked for my sweater. I don't even remember removing it. It was just in her hands, like that, Blink. And she touched me, and it felt, it it felt like, it felt like this. And, And nothing, nothing ever replaces that feeling, that first touch. Nothing ever removes that first love from your mind. It's there. Like a painting in the walls of your heart. Everything else is measured by it. And they never can be. Because it's the first time. And it's just... It's just like this. And every time you feel it, even a little, it's just a reminder of that time. And you feel like being in love again and again because it's always like this, always just enough to remind you that you want it again want something that you can never have again because you can never have a first time again from the moment you remember to your last maybe that's it this is some kind of test to, to prove my loyalty. To what? To whom? What country am I from? Who do I work for? Don't you see? I could be asking the questions here! I'm in the dark as much as you! More so! I'll bet you that's it. I'll bet they have some sort of top secret microphone embedded in here. And they're recording everything I say. Annotating it with a large yellow marker. Treasonous. Sedition. Collaborator. Words written down by those who can't spell them, let alone understand what they mean. What am I being held for? I demand at least a phone call. The Geneva consensus demands I get a phone call. Where's that the Red Cross? I don't know. Somebody who was safe at home with their families and friends came up with this really, really good set of rules for... Something like this. And and of course I don't read it. I mean, I spend the whole time reading what people think I should be reading. McLean's Christian Science Monitor. BuzzFeed. I'm completely unprepared for the important things in life. Why don't we hand out books on how to cook your shoelaces and 12 interesting entrees or 200 ways to keep you amused with finger games. Instead, we have Robert's book of the rules of order in here and your Twitter feed? I mean, really? Did the Bushmen of the Kalahari survive all these days because they read Miss Manners' guide on placing your toilet roll with the paper on winding up instead of down? No. They had rules for these things. When you were a man, they went out and hacked off Things? And then... And then everybody got together and talked about how amazing the Jones' boy was for not uttering a mind-numbing screech when the rusty blade stuck into the log. Okay. Okay. So... So maybe there were some traditions we could do without, but that's... There's gotta be some... Sense of... Respect the life that was going to be but the moment he knew he was alive knew he was worthy of considering his life may not have been much until this point maybe he was just in preparation maybe he'd get somewhere if he knew where he wanted to be it's so much easier in the tribe so much easier when someone tells you okay see this bloodied stump See this cup full of leeches? Suffer through eating this, and you're a man. Go run through ten acres of thickets, and nothing but your smile, and you're a woman. It's, It's easier somehow when there's a line to be crossed in front of people who know you. Without that, they may never see. May never see. May never see you grow up. It's not. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know. I just don't... Okay. So you're alone in the dark. There's no light. You're alone. My eyes must be adjusting... I I can't see any light, but I can see my hands now. I I can see my hands now. That must be something. How awesome would it be to make shadow puppets? I could only make a duck with my hand. I I know kids that could make every developmental stage of human evolution with nothing but palms and fingers, and and I can make a duck... I I take it back. If I lift my arm higher, I can make a swan, too. There! That's a bird. Or a mutant spider. You know I can tell at least that you will live a long and very wealthy life. Your intelligent quotient intersects with the Tropic of Cancer and travels very far along the edge of the Cape of Hope. And your albino line is a crevice that no other man can cross, winding around and around until it reaches your elbow. Okay, okay. I'm bored. I'm officially bored. If this is some kind of Milgram experiment, I give up. I do not give my consent. Okay? I just want to go home now. Please? hundred bottles of beer on the wall. A hundred bottles of beer. Take one down, pass it around. Ugh, I just remember I hate beer. Delivered candles. Musking unwashed clothing. Floors. Sink full of caked-on dishes. Unkempt. Long hours. Laughter that erodes the threads of examinations. New ideas. New people. Worlds beginning. Worlds ending. Worlds colliding. Never cease to change. I've always hated beer. If you traveled for three days upon the back of a mule through the Andes Mountains carrying tepid urine, captured in a cured yak bladder, beer would come in a close second at a tasting contest for me. Oh, God, it's foul stuff. It was one of the main food sources in university for most of my roommates. Their choice. But honestly, from the time the keg opened, which was about ten in the morning, and the beer stewed in its own froth, or was it frothing in its own stew? We, we had some of the funniest discussions. I know, I was there. And being the only sober one, I also know I was the only one who remembered them. <laughs> we get you know, laughing fits. You know, <laughs> anything you say, anything. <sighs> it didn't help that we were up all night trying to do last week's homework. And <laughs> anything that you said. Absolutely, absolutely mind-numbing, stomach-wrenching, painful laughter that would have us rolling off the street, curved sofa, and nearly knocking over the wagon wheel coffee table. Digital watches. (laughs) Military intelligence. (laughs) <laughs> Microsoft works <laughs> And you know, I can't remember the actual conversations anymore. You're drunk or sober. I don't remember what we talked about. But But I know it was important, and I know it was silly. And I know it was real. And I know it was a dream. And although I know that, I never really remembered why I ever laughed so hard. I just know I have. (laughs) And I could have laughed. And laughed. And laughed myself to... I'm never going to get out. I'm never going to get out. I'm never going to see the sun again. I'm going to sit here and talk to myself and drive myself crazy. I have all these memories and I don't even know my name. They must have hit me hard. I must have held out a long time. Longer than they expected or they wouldn't have put me here me here to think about what I've done here in this hole maybe that's it I'm I'm in a hole solitary confinement I'm the prisoner who wouldn't cooperate and some bent prison guards have pounded on my head with hockey pucks and old sweat socks and Baylor's twine and I'm here and I... Th- Knocked all my marbles loose. Let me sit in a hole with only my wounds and my witlessness for company. (laughs) That's it. Leave no witlessnesses. (laughs) Wounds. That can't be it. Wounds. I I can't feel anything. There's no soft spots on my head, no gashes, no blood. What if, I mean, what if, what if this is all in my head? Okay. So, imagine myself free. If someone's locked up in their mind, can't they just, can't they just imagine themselves free and it happens? Okay, just close your eyes, focus on your breathing. One, two, three, I'm free, I'm free, I'm still here, okay, so maybe it's not that easy, maybe it requires therapy. Maybe this is something to do with my mother. I wish I could remember my mother. I remember remembering my sister. But only her getting off the bus. Don't remember my mother. Or my father. Or anything, really. About my siblings. Maybe I didn't have one. Maybe I didn't have any brothers. And that memory of my sister really isn't a memory at all. Maybe it's just like just like this place. Maybe it's just wish fulfillment. Me wanting to remember a life I lived on a farm. A moment with the girl. I mean, how do I know I've actually done those things anyway? Maybe I've always been here. Maybe the whole memories are coming and jumbled and confused because they really aren't Memories. At all. Maybe they're just dreams. Delusions. And this place is the reality. I don't have a name. Maybe I never had a family. Maybe nostalgia isn't as good as it used to be. Maybe I grew up in a circus. Cool. No. Maybe I grew up in... A top secret installation. I'm the world's best operative. And and I'm placed in this holding cell to test my reactions against enemy interrogation. No, that's that's just ridiculous. If I were the world's best operative, I wouldn't have allowed myself to get stuck in this holding cell in the first place. So I could be in training to be the world's best operative? No. Who am I kidding? That's a thought. I mean... Does it really matter why I'm here? I'm here. Isn't that the point? If I believed that I was a farm boy from somewhere... That would give me some kind of insight. But if I thought if I grew up in a circus... Cool. Wouldn't that give me belief that I had the skills of a circus performer especially since there's no one here to tell me differently and if i and if i thought i was a black op ultra cool uh i could escape this how much of what we are is what we make of ourselves how much of it's predestined i mean isn't the definition of human spirit the ability to remake yourself in whatever way is needed at the time father Son, brother, friend, professional, lover, husband, counselor. Why is it so different? Reality is shared, isn't it? And when you share it, you have to agree on how it's formed. But when you're alone, in the quietness of your own mind, why does it have to be limited to anything but what you want it to be? Why do I have to have only memories of living in rural Canada? Accident. Fire. Bad choices. Shame. Game's gonna ride and a long, tired walk home. We were playing. Three of us. I was at this friend's house. No, no. In his barn. And he was hiding, and another friend of mine and I were making a smoke bomb. You know how to do that. You just... You just need to have an empty plastic pen, a match, and a bobby pin, and you you pull the pen apart, and you put the match in where the ink goes and pull out the clicker on the end of the pen. And you spread the ends of the bobby pin like wings, and after you thread it through the small spring from the clicker, and then you put the match in where the ink was and pull the bobby pin back, it slams hard into the head of the match. The match lights, burns through the plastic of the pen casing, and it makes a terrible stench. I'd done it a dozen times in class when the teacher wasn't looking. And now, we were in the top of his barn by the hay bales, and my other friend beside me said it was wrong. Matches, you know, dry hay. And I shrugged him off, and we lit the bomb, and we waited, but our prey was nowhere to be seen. Then, almost disaster. The match had lit more than the plastic casing, and I could see a curl of fire working up the bale, And if the barn wasn't an old structure with lots of holes to allow the blown snow and to settle in banks, we couldn't have rolled it over and put it out. It would have consumed the whole barn and everything in it. It was a terribly close call. But it was over. No. No, it wasn't. The half-burned bale ash was whipped up by the wind, and it, it blew around the top of the barn like... Like smoke from a signal fire. My friend's dad had seen it and we hadn't. And he took us aside and he asked us if something happened in the barn. And we lied. We lied through our teeth. Because we were ashamed. And should have known better. He sent us home. (laughs) And my friend whose barn we almost burned... Looked at us with disgust. And we felt lower. And I made it worse. I told him that it was my other friend who did it. I compounded one lie with another. I might as well have set him on fire and stood with the others. I said he did it. And he tried to tell me not to. Even more, he didn't turn me in. And I treated his friendship with betrayal. Not that it mattered. We were both guilty. And liars. They wouldn't believe me, even if it was the truth. I walked home that night, all of 11 or 12. I walked home a good three miles in the dark and knew that this was something that would stay with me forever. Stay with me right to my grave. Okay. So maybe it's not all good. Maybe there are skeletons in my closet. Who doesn't have them? You? You? You! So maybe I'm not perfect. Maybe I have hurt someone. Maybe I've loved someone and left them. Maybe I've stepped on people to get where I am today. Maybe we all do that. Just a little bit. Maybe evil is just the... Inch by inch descent into the easiest thing. Maybe it's just not one choice. Maybe it's all those choices you put together. Don't be so smug. You're no different. Whoever you are. Do you hear me? You're no different than I am. Maybe you were a bully at a schoolyard. Maybe you just stole someone's term paper or you said something awful to someone at work to get that promotion. Did you kiss up to someone to get that extra perk when you really didn't like who they were and what they stood for? Did you not stand up? Did you not do anything when someone needed help? Help? Help! Please help me. You don't have to do what you did before. You can change. You can open this door. Let me out. And that will change you. Maybe not a lot. But it'll change something inside of you. Just one time. Do something you haven't done before. Take a chance. Please. 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 No, please. (laughs) Prayers. Silence. Holding hands. The smell of sterile blankets and the sound of careless machines beeping and whirring. Helplessness. The very breath of relief itself wrapped in a tiny bundle. Oh please, I asked whatever was up there. I remember that. And as I held her hand, like so. I said, it's okay. It's all okay. But it wasn't. In my heart, I was so afraid. But you can't cry. You can't show you're scared. You have to be strong for her. She's doing all the work she's the one in harm's way but you can't help but feel helpless just a witness (laughs) a witless witness to the events unfolding before you you don't even really understand it until it's all over and there there's the product of the months of waiting of preparing And she's got her smile. And she feels that way. You know, a first-time feel. And when the blood is wiped away, she smells so fresh and new. And it's you. It's you in there, in her eyes. It's you. There, in those tiny, tiny fingers and that chin and her and her ears and she's something you've done, something with no judgment <laughs> a chance to start over, to begin again brand new first times and she's so perfect in her frailty so sculptured in her endless potential And I look up at my wife, and she touches my face, and she's gone. I miss her so. No. Not. Not my wife. touch my daughter my daughter my daughter touches my cheek and her family is around me and the sounds of the machines and the hospital and everyone is there and it's it's so hard to breathe Each breath is like a knife. It hurts so much and I want to be brave. I want to tell the truth to them and not let them see me cry but I just want it to be over. They're all here and I just want it to be over now. And she leans over and she smiles. And I see the tears in her eyes but they don't fall. They just twinkle like silent stars. She's being brave. She's the strong one. She gets that from me. She wants to take some of the pain away. I can see she feels helpless as I did, but it's not wrong. It's 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 life, it's life, it's, it's, it's life and it's, it's full of of these pieces like fruit from an orchard, like, like apples, they're bitter and they're sweet and, and sometimes they have worms and, and sometimes they're so delightfully sour. That you remember them. Forever. Nothing can erase those memories. And if you're lucky. You'll have those memories to share with others. Because they'll be their memories too. And. We've all just woven together where my life begins and and where you enter and where I pass out of it and and you go on and enter his and hers and hers and his until the whole quilt becomes a never-ending testament to the family of our existence. I will never forget her touch, my daughter's last touch, because the last touch... Was the first of the last thank you <laughs> thank you for my life thank you for this time here to remember it to remember who I am who I've become there's more This. There's so much more I've I've got to tell you, and now, now I can see it all. It's, it's not dark anymore. There's so much room, and the, and the light, the light's flowing like the brightest of mornings. Can you see it? I know. It's time to let go. Let it all go. It's like. For the first time, it makes sense. It's all just giving yourself enough room to see, enough breathing space to grow. It's all breathing space within us and everyone else. The light's getting brighter now, so bright. I can almost see everything. And there's just so much more. There's just so much more I need to tell you. Like stars in the sky, another light twinkles out from our view. Or is it obscured by something just beyond discovered country, leaving behind his darker musings? Breathing Space is from the Darker Musings Anthology series, and was written and directed by Jack J. Ward, with post-production by Peter O'Malley, with Richard Summers as post-production advisor. Starring in this episode is Jack Ward, with Chris Jarvis, Mark Brezi Pete Lutz, Sarah Golding, and introducing Wesley Clifford as both the narrator and a voice. All copyrights for the script in this production belongs to Jack Ward, and is granted through Electric Vicuna Productions. Good evening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. And that's this week's 50th show. You know, it was almost 15 years ago and three relationships away when I was sitting in the pew for the Universalist Unitarian Church of Halifax watching a play. It had one interesting element in it. There were opportunities for the congregation to add to the play through planned scripting. I got an idea on the spot. I rushed home and wrote the first half of Breathing Space. Since that was the first time I wrote a script in over 20 years, I was pretty pleased to mention it to the Reverend the next week, who promptly told me that he had a spot open a month away for me to perform it on a Sunday crowd. Stupidly, I said yes, and then panicked and wrote the rest in the next three weeks, and studied and performed the show on schedule. My sister was the service leader, and when I finished the performance, I walked out to the back doors. You know, I had no set. There was just a single light shining down from the stage area that grew into two, and then three more lights until the lights were fully up. I waited in the wings while the service continued. ''Are there any questions?'' my sister asked from the podium. ''Who wrote the play?'' someone said, I could barely make it out with my ear against the door. ''Jack,'' my sister said. Silence. My, my stomach knotted up, I felt awful. I had made a fool of myself, I even invited my massage therapist, and she was in the crowd. Why did I do that? Then after the final hymn, they came through the doors for tea. Why didn't I just disappear out the back door, there was no time? Happily, I didn't need to. I was mobbed. They loved the show. I was told in gushing tones from a dozen or more people which parts were their favorite, and they were all different. My massage therapist had left, but I had a taste of moving someone through my voice. And it stuck. I never looked back since. When in a few months I decided to do radio drama, there were no doubts. I wanted more of that feeling. You know, about a month later, when I went to my next massage appointment, I awkwardly brought up the show. She smiled and said, You know, when someone says, Come see my play, you really don't know what to expect. But your show, it brought up so much. You know, I'm going to be married next month. Well, there were things in your play I hadn't talked to my fiancé about. After I saw your show, we talked for three hours about the content. I got to know more about him than I ever had before. Well, you know, if the original approval was enough for me, this sent me entirely to the moon. What an amazing honor. And the honor continues for me every week that I get to share my stories and, and, and my shows of EVP with you. So thank you for listening. And next week... Episode 51, I get to share with you one of my longest loves, Spaceways. Biff Straker, Episode 1, The Future Is Now. Until then, I'm Jack Ward. Good night. This has been an Electric Vicuna production.